This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 169 of the Fight Disciples podcast. As ever, absolute pleasure to be in your company. If this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, you can get us on iTunes. Just look for Fight Disciples. You can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, just in case you're not on iTunes and you want to use us on Android or something. Uh, and you can also get us on all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much uh, for your correspondence on all social medias over the last seven days, inquiring whether I am the voice of various television ads that you're currently listening out for on a Saturday evening, of which Nick has been taking great pleasure in giving me shit for. Listen, someone described it as proper wool behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my kids have got to eat, man. Oh, that's brilliant. I uh, I do lend my voice to a couple of television ads, and there's one at the moment that is uh, sponsoring a TV show in the UK called Take Me Out, where uh, it's like a dating show. For those that don't know what it is, it's like a dating show. You have about 30 girls all scavenging on one lad. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't watched this season. I used to be a fan of Take Me Out. Me and the missus yeah, used to sound. watch it. Like, it used to be a funny show. Yeah. Are they all still rough as toast, all the girls on it? Yeah, proper yeah. proper doggers. But yeah. um, I, uh, I, I I stick my voice on the old... Uh, yeah. On the old advert, you know what I mean? Keep That's me it. ticking over. That's it. Proper wool behaviour, <laughs> as it was uh, described. Brilliant. Mm. Um, I just a uh, little bit. I got a message actually this week from somebody who listens to the show on a regular basis that was saying, "Listen, I love all the boxing chat. I mm-hmm. love all the knowledge. I love uh, your, your the knowledge. T- Let me listen. Yeah, the knowledge. I love. Good point. I'll come back to that point in a minute. I love your take on the uh, on the world of boxing, but I also like." at the start of the show, when you give us a little bit of a recap of what you've been up to over the week and the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, over the week and the weekend, um, I invited Nick to a family do. Right. So this is Sunday. And I have, uh, I've never christened either of my children. Mm -hmm. So my wife's been on at me saying, listen, we need to have a bit of a christening because at some point we might want to get them into a school and they've got to have the, exactly. They've got to have the old Ed Ed Bless job, right? So my boy's four, my daughter's one. So we thought, right, we'll have a big joint do. Save her. I could get two for one, basically, is basically how I was rolling. So we we had a bit of a christening do, right? Now, anybody that comes to a christening do knows you come, you enjoy, you be merry and you have a right old chinwag with everybody that's there, right? And that's all that I want from people. However, some people take it upon themselves to bring gifts, whether it be a nice card or something quite poignant towards being welcomed into the Christian faith, whatever whatever that is. Uh, But other people like to take it to uh, the nth degree. Now, bear in mind, Nick's wife said, listen, let's just put a few quid in the card, right? Yep. Because then... She shouted at me as well for not putting, may God bless you or something in the card as well. Come on. That was over over my head, mate. Well over my head. Over my head. I just turned up. I got told what to do by the wife. So I um I, I got home after the christening do, and thank you very much if you did come to it and you got a gift, uh, because it, we're very thankful for that. But um, my wife said, have you seen this? There was one particular gift which was standing out like a sore thumb. Everybody was getting quite um, traditional christening gifts. Mm-hmm. In the corner of the room, there was a, there was a bag with a, with a weapon <laughs> on the inside <laughs> of this bag. And I went, what the? Is that? I've gone over to the I've gone over to the bag. I've had a little bit of a nosy in. I said, Who, who's bought that <laughs> as a christening gift? Bear in mind, it's not just my son's christening; it's my daughter's christening as well, right? <laughs> but he's bought one Nerf gun, 
I had a look in there, had a little bit of a nosy around. Straight, I could tell straight away it was from you. <laughs> you bought my lad a gun <laughs> as a christening gift. I didn't even think of it like that. <laughs> oh, dear. Listen, when Teddy gets all those presents open, you tell me which one he plays with most, son. Of course, mate. The blankets or the candles or the, you know. That's it. Yeah. That Nerf gun's going to be pinging off your head later. I'll tell you what was funny about the do, right? I don't know if, you, if you've ever been through this process with your kids before, right? But our priest... Oh, man. Jeez, man. He was, a, he was a little bit... He's getting on a bit, he's the kid. And yeah. uh, I, I must have reminded him about 16 times my daughter's name, but he still called her by a different name. Yeah. He renamed her, and he's renamed my son. I think my son's name's Teddy, right? But he called him Robert three times. I don't know where the <laughs> fuck that came from. Anyway... Job done. Yeah. They're in the crew now. They can go to the school that they want to go to. Everybody's happy. And then Teddy got a Nerf gun out of it, which he's absolutely delighted with. Yeah. So I'll expect, I'll expect some pot shots later on in the show. Absolutely. Nice, mate. Well done, you. Did you? Did you? Were you totally in control of uh, buying the gift, or, or, or was the wife anything to do with it? No, no Jane, that, that's got my name written all over it. Absolutely got my name written all over it. Jane chose. Uh, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be trusted. In, Jane chose in those the situations. baby's gifts, which was the Peppa Pig bath set or whatever right. it was. Little toys to play with in the bath. Right. I was like, I'm getting one of these for Teddy. This looks brilliant. And Jane knows when I'm in that zone, she just lets me yeah. go. Like, not a, whatever. Not a birthday. Not Christmas. No, no, no. A christening gift. I tell you what, let's get him a sawn-off shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, speaking of sawn-off shotguns and bullets being thrown all over the place, how about the World Boxing Super Series and the Cruiserweights at the weekend? Because, let's yeah. be honest, we... to be All right, go on. I'll, I'll let you take over now because you're going to do a bit of a humble brag on this particular <sighs> fight. Well... Not even just this particular fight, all let the me fights just, of the weekend. Let me just say that, um, you know, we had a couple of good weekends last year where we were calling fights, we were predicting pretty well, you know, pretty consistently. Um, but last weekend, to be honest with you... I fucking smashed it out of the park, didn't I? Didn't I, though? Didn't I? Can I just point out that self-praise is no praise? You've been doing this for a long period of time, right? So you would anticipate that you've got a little bit of knowledge. Every now and again, get it right. You'd anticipate that you'd have some type of knowledge. But when you... This is the best thing about you. Apart from buying my son guns, when you get something right, you let every fucker know that you got it right. Absolutely. So yeah. if, I'm, if I'm ever quiet on a Monday, mm. you know I've got it completely You've wrong. You've had a shocker. But, Absolutely. But every single fight, including UFC fights this weekend, yeah. you've called them to a T. Well, I, I said, let, let's just run through them, shall we? You know, let's take our time. Let's, let's appreciate the moments here. Usyk, I said, it would come from behind to win. He did that. I said, Linares would be a comfortable point winner. He was. And I also said Lucas Matisse would finally, he was handed the right to Poland to win by knockout and finally become world champion third time Vasquez. You even said between seven and nine. I did. I nailed it. And so that happened. And then over in the UFC, we both raved on about Mirsad Bektic saying the kid's back. Look out for this kid. He'll steal the show. He did. And then with a body shot as well. Oh, you got to tune into our UFC show. If you want to hear me wax lyrical about why I love body shots, tune into that show. And then main event, Jacare, we said, well, I said, Exact repeat of what happened five years ago when they fought previously, first round knockout. What happened? First round knockout, exactly the same as previous, head kick, then punches. Seriously. If I'd have had a five-time accumulator on those predictions, I would be a wealthy man. Wouldn't be here today. Wouldn't Wouldn't be be here today. (laughs) Wouldn't be here today. Never bet on your own predictions though, mate, because they never come in. But tell you what, Mm. I know we're going to rave about Usyk now, but I want to start by raving about 
Breedus because I thought he was absolutely sensational. Maris Breedus, the atmosphere in Riga again. No wonder they went back to Riga in Latvia because the atmosphere, just like in the quarterfinal, was just absolutely do, insane. Do you know what's made me laugh, right, in the, in, in the fallout of that fight? I was reading uh, bits on social media afterwards where people going, ah, Usyk's not all that everybody was saying he was. Um, we found him out. I said, hang on a minute. He's just been fighting against the WBC champion of the world. Bradis ain't a mug. Why, mm-hmm. why, why are you insinuating that Bradis is, is some type of mug? He's fucking mint. He's, He's really, brilliant. really good. Exactly. So therefore, the fight, we anticipated it to be close. Okay. Yeah. I didn't anticipate maybe him to have as much problem as he did. But... Firstly, the scoring was absolutely bang on. Well yeah. done. We didn't have an Adelaide Bird moment. Yeah, I thought the fight was absolutely tremendous. You know what? I wouldn't have complained if if Breedus had got it as well by a round. I really wouldn't. I thought you were going to get it as a homer. Me too. I think it, outside of this tournament, I think if this was a one-off fight, for some reason, I think there was a lot of momentum with Usyk going into the fight and about be, being in the final and everything mm. else, and that might well have played on the minds of the three judges. I'm, listen, I'm not saying for I a think second, he deserved it's a terrible it. Score. I think he took the last two rounds in order to win that fight. Yeah, I think it was like that going in, but th- but then earlier on as well, I was like, you know, because some of the rounds were close, yeah, and I'm were. like, you know, you could be scoring this like seven-two to Breedus already. You could be, you could have Breedus that far ahead. If you're looking at it a certain way, I know Usyk was putting the pressure on, but it was Breedus who was landing the telling shots. He was landing that great uppercut. Yeah. And for me, Usyk was missing with that step back left hook loads. And that was what was catching my eye. And I was like, mate, the judges might be seeing this differently. You know, they might be seeing what I'm seeing on TV. Because I'm like going, whoa, Usyk's missing, Breedus is landing. But then a couple of seconds later, Usyk's pushing forward, throwing threes and fours yeah, where yeah, Breedus yeah. is covered up and moving backwards. So it, it was really was, it could have. For me, it could have gone either way. I'm certainly not complaining. But Breedus is going to get a come back and have another shot. Well, I was just about to say that. Whatever happens now in the final, and I anticipate... Well, you can't anticipate anything, really, going the, the, with the second semi-final. I would I would guess that Gassier is going to come through that second semi-final, and therefore you're going to have Usyk Gassier final, an undisputed champion at the end of that. The first fight off the back of that has got to be Breedis. Mm-hmm. Because what a performance he, uh, he, he he did chuck in there. And he's, he's stuck... It's weird, isn't it, when someone gets beat like that? Yeah. But your stock rises. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Even though he was previously the WBC champion of the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is why I was thinking on, on social media, especially, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, Usyk's not all that and blah, you know, this and, stu- and stuff. But it's like, you, you kind of, you're putting so much pressure on Usyk to perform and be this amazing superstar that's going to go up and threaten Anthony Joshua. And I still 100% believe that's going to be the case. But I just think you overlooked the fact who Breedis is and what a performance Breedis has put in. He did his homework diligently. He worked hard. He was in front of the home fans. He was there to win. And he came very close <laughs> to doing it. You know, it was like 114-114 on one judge's card. Yeah. And then the other two had it 113-115. So it was only one round, innit? Mm. You know, to, to be in a complete draw, which obviously we couldn't have had. They would have gone to the fourth judge and that would have been a little bit of history. But for me, I, I just thought, Bre- I think saying Usyk wasn't that good is basically shunning what Breedus did hmm. and it's not giving Breedus enough respect I thought Breedus was outstanding and by the way again so close that decision respect to Breedus for not kicking off for not going like you in know because yeah, yeah. if he'd have blew up the the, the, the fans in there because the atmosphere was electric could have ripped that place apart it could have been awful what, one of the best things about the World Boxing Super Series is that we're getting fights like this early on in people's careers he's only had is it, was that his 12th fight, or 13th fight for Usyk? Usyk, that was his 13th or 14th fight, yeah. Right, okay. So that doesn't, to get a, a unification situation that we saw at the weekend, mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily get that in your 13th, 14th fight, no. would you? you? I mean, we're only seeing that with Anthony Joshua in his 21st fight, which I think is still 
still quite early. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the best thing that the World Boxing Super Series is bringing is, is the best versus the best. Undisputed champions is what we want at the end of it. Yeah. One geezer uh, in the division holding all the belts. Um, and, and hopefully, off the back of the defeat for Bredis at the weekend, we're going to get to see him have another go. Because what I've learned from this tournament, especially with the Cruiserweights, yeah. is that I didn't realise how deep the talent pool was. I didn't realise how good it was. Yeah. Uh, and watching Bredis do his thing uh, at the weekend, watching Dortikos and the likes of Gassiev in the earlier rounds, yeah. these are elite-level fighters. There's a proper shark pool there for and competitive fights for years to come. Absolutely. I, I think the whole tournament itself has been ab- an absolute revelation for boxing. I think it's like a, a complete breath of fresh air, but it couldn't have come at a better time as well. This is a golden age of boxing that we're enjoying now, and this could reshape it. This could, you know, We have people on all the time. We chat to people all the time, Adam, and how often do we say, are you a fan of World Boxing Super Series? Would you like it to come to your weight division? And absolutely across the board, yeah. every boxer loves it. Every coach loves it. Everybody wants to be involved in it because, yeah, there's a ton of money at the end of it. But also, it's about why, why fight fight five guys to try and fight for a world title and then have to defend it four times before you get a unification fight. If you can get into this tournament, every, your entire career can be summed up in three fights. You can achieve everything you've ever dreamed of doing, including cash the biggest check possible in three fights. It's incredible. I think the Sowlands and everybody involved in World Boxing Super Series, sorry to fucking you know blow smoke up their arse, but this has been absolutely brilliant and we had Callie and we've had Nisa on the show at the start of the tournament and both of them said to us get ready this is the Champions League of Boxing fuck me do absolutely right Mm. it is the Champions League of Boxing what goes on inside the ring and even that little light show they do and all that is spectacular all we need next season and I've heard they could be doing three weights next season never mind two which would be amazing what we need now is we need a better television broadcaster. We need more magazine show material. They've missed out at ENI Fan because Usyk, Breedus, Dortikus, Gasayev, they're all superstars. They're all world champions in their own right. But there's been no like build-up shows. Like Taking Leaf out of the UFC's book. Mm. Look what the US... And listen, don't get me wrong. BT Sports are doing it now with the, the Beyond the Ropes thing and Sky obviously have previews and they have Johnny Nelson where he does the sit-down and all that kind of stuff. This is what, as fans, we want and this is what they've missed out on with the World Boxing Super Series. I think next year, it could be even bigger and yeah. even better again. The, the, the television side of stuff is has been a massive fuck-up for yeah. me, mate, because the action in the ring has been amazing. Outstanding. The, the end product of be, of having an undisputed champion is obviously a massive tick in the uh, for the world of boxing but the, the just the everything about the broadcasters even like leaving it to the last minute before they get in TV deals and stuff like that now I've just had a look at the the semi-final situation yeah okay kudos to the weekend it was free to air on ITV box office right mm-hmm. sound next week's free to air on ITV box office but the moment that you stick an english fighter in uh, all of a sudden they're asking for a few quid. They made a massive mistake in the quarterfinals, did ITV box office, yep. uh, by charging for Groves and Cox yep. and Eubank against Yildirim. Massive, massive Absolutely. mistake. Huge mm-hmm. mistake. And then I'm looking at the semi-final. You're charging 17 quid for Groves Eubank. Now, don't get me wrong. Groves Eubank is a pay-per-view fight. Yeah. But get switched on. You're building something for two, three, four, five years down the line here, right? Let us have it for nothing. Yeah. Let us have it for nothing. Your advertising revenue is still going to pull in a decent amount for you. Why are you, why are you alienating fans? A lot of fans aren't going to pay 17 quid to watch Groves Eubank because normally with a pay-per-view card, you have a big undercard. It's a card, yeah. Of which you could get stuck into. And that's the one thing World Boxing Super Series haven't been able to that's do. That's it. So therefore you're charging 17 quid for one fight. Nobody's, yeah. got, especially in that fight, I mean, that could go early. So yeah. 
you know, that's not value for money. No. And then Smith Bremer, with all due respect, who's paying a tenner for that? Mm. That's a tenner uh, on uh, February 24th. Yeah. Now, the final, okay, let's do, let's do pay-per-view for the final, but build people's interest. They made a massive mistake in the quarterfinals because in the quarterfinals, Eubank puts in a wonderful performance, knocks out Yildirim in an absolutely brilliant knockout, but nobody saw it because it would be behind a pay, uh, a subscription channel, yeah. uh, subscription wall, shall I say. Nobody got nobody got to see it. If you put that on free-to-air on ITV4 or something, it everybody's now buzzed up, aren't they? They're all going. I'm buying that. I fancy a piece of that, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, I think that's not just in the UK here. From what I hear, the TV deals around the world were all kind of last a little bit last minute, so they haven't been the best deals and they're not getting in front of enough eyeballs. The only good thing is it's the quality of the fights and the, it the, saved them. the media reporting on them quality of fights. Everyone going, this is amazing. That next season, well, and you know, next year, hopefully, we'll put the organisers in a better position to go and discuss, maybe with Sky Sports or BT Sports or even Box Nation or whatever, discuss with them and go, listen, we, you know, from last season, we had something. We're going to do the same again. It's going to be even bigger. I think what they need to work on is the quality of the card because the cards are what's struggling. As you say, it's hard to sell Groves Eubank at 17, 16, 95 when the mm. chief support is likely going to be a, an English title fight. You know what I mean? With mm. a non-ticket seller, that's that's it doesn't stand up like that. Mm. But then again, I think next season, I think they may have learnt this year. I think next season, I wouldn't be surprised if we see two quarterfinals on the same card. Do you know what I mean? This time yeah, yeah. we had the quarterfinals at four different locations on four different nights. I think we'll have the quarterfinals will be two different locations with two quarters on each one and then potentially even the semi-finals on the same night. And I wouldn't be surprised either. I know they've already done the deal to have the, the Cruiserweight final out in the Middle East in, in Saudi, isn't it? Yeah. Jeddah. May the 11th. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they put the loser of Gassiev Dorticus on against Breedus because... It's like the loser's final, but also once you get out of the World Boxing Super Series, there's a potential fight there, do you know what I mean? That's like a third-place playoff. Yeah, but no, no, because let's say let's say Usk wins and Gassiev wins this weekend and they fight each other in May, then I want to see Dorticus versus Breedus on the undercard because the, the, the winner of that, especially if it's Breedus, goes like, come on then, let's do it again. Sets up perfectly. I know that's not what the World, World Boxing Super yeah. Series is all about, but... You know, that would add a bit more substance to that card. Mm. Uh, what did you make of Linares' performance at the weekend? Um, I thought it was typical Linares' performance, to be honest with you. Mm. Very typical. Um, he put on a bit of a clinic. I thought, yes, that was great for the first four or five rounds. But then uh, once Linares changed his tactics, it was, uh, it was a comfortable performance for him because that yes, there's not really got enough about him. I didn't get the point of the fight. No, neither did I. It, well, it, I know what the point was to keep to get Lunares back on American TV live on HBO, mm. and also to set up a big fight further down because Golden Boy have already said they've got a massive fight for them uh, in late summer. Uh, they wouldn't reveal what it is, but they're obviously hinting towards Mikey Garcia. But I've got to be honest; I think Garcia is probably too big for them. Mikey Garcia will fold him in half. Yeah, I think the biggest fight now is Lunares versus Lomachenko. I think that's the biggest fight. The problem there is, of course, is, is when politics gets involved. Mm. It's hard to do a, a Golden Boy top rank, uh, even consider Golden Boy top rank co-promotion. But uh, I think that's the biggest fight out there for Linares because I think Mikey Garcia may well may well stay up at light welter now. Mm. Well, he's, he's fighting in uh, Lipinets, isn't he, on March the 10th at £140 for the world title at, at there. But he has said, listen, because he is the WBC holder, at, uh, at lightweight, that he will be coming back down to £135 to fight uh, um, Jorge Linares. Listen, it's a great fight, don't get me wrong, I, w- I would love to see the fight because 
Jorge Linares is a very, very talented guy. I've yep. seen him close on against Anthony Crawler and he was poetry. But I personally think, like you've just said, Garcia's too big, too strong, too powerful, and, and I think he'll have him out there within, within six rounds. I think he'll finish him off. Yeah. Which is a shame, really. But then you've just mentioned something that uh, Bob Aram from Top Rank has said that uh, Vasyl Lomachenko is moving up to uh, 135 pounds. That's where his next fight will be. The whole lightweight division now is on notice. Absolutely. Lomachenko's coming up. And you were, you're probably right in, in what you're saying there. Linares Lomachenko would be perfect. However, what I would anticipate with Terry Flanagan moving out of uh, um, the championship belt, um, well, obviously he's vacated the, uh, the WBO version of the, the lightweight crown. With him doing that, yep. you've got um, Beltran and you've got Lomachenko. Lomachenko will automatically become um, mandatory challenger for it. Beltr- I think Beltran's fighting for it in a couple of weeks' time. So you think that Beltran and uh, Lomachenko, for him to then become the WBO champion, and then there's uh, there's some tidy fights uh, unifi- to unify that division uh, later on down the line. Yeah, I think one another thing that we've seen at the weekend as well, and you were talking about it in commentary too, they spotted it, and Natal Linares struggling with southpaws. You know, he just doesn't seem too comfortable with southpaws. And as we know, Lomachenko can fight any way you like. Um, the difference here is, it took Linares for me four or five rounds to get used to. Yes, there's southpaw stance, and then he changed his tactics and ran away with it. He can't do that against Lomachenko because mm. once he gets used to Lomachenko fighting southpaw, Lomachenko will just go back to orthodox and do whatever he likes. I think we're on a, a different level again. So for me, Linares quite fun. You know, we ended the year saying Linares potentially the best lightweight on the planet. Now I'm struggling to I'm struggling to say this top is, one or two. Yeah, but this is what happens when you make bullshit fights. You're yeah. just making fights that are just ticking you over. What 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 you need to do? You need to keep the momentum going. You you do what you do against Anthony Crawler, former world champion. Or should I say, world champion beats him, then obviously beats him again. Yeah. Keep the momentum going with that level of fighter. Don't come back down and fight what you would class as a glorified sparring partner, just yeah. for eyeballs on TV, because people just go, yeah, but so what? Who's interested? You want to see him in with Mikey Garcia straight away. Make the fight straight away, Mick. All right, he fought uh, Luke Campbell, didn't he? And that, I mean, Luke Campbell gave him all sorts of problems. If there's yeah. another two rounds, in, rounds, if there's another two rounds in there, Luke Campbell beats him. Yeah. So, like, like you said, the last two fights for Jorge Linares hasn't done his stock um, an awful amount of good for me. I'm looking at that now, thinking I'd like to see Garcia, but I think Garcia is smashing to bits. I think in burst, Linares looks incredible. Yeah, he does. Absolutely he incredible. Does. But he just has a horrible habit of going to sleep during rounds and standing there and taking shots. And he can't take shots against Mikey Garcia because Mikey Garcia will put him out if he does. Mm. Uh, and likewise, Lomachenko, I think, would just be... Well, I think Lomachenko is too good for everybody, to be honest, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, I can see why now it wasn't even the main event, which, going into it, I was like, how is Linares not, not main event? How would, why would he put Matisse out again and saying he's the best welterweight on the planet again? We've been, been saying this for five or six years and he's failed to live up to the expectations. But... On the night, it proved it because Linares, as you say, goes through a comfortable points decision without really taking any chances. Mm. And Matisse gets in there against the, you know, I, I thought Kiram surprised me. I was surprised by Kiram's performance, but Matisse had to get him out of there in the fashion that he did. That just, you know, cements him as a well, a WBA non-super lineal champion. You what know, is he? Is he a world champion? Listen, I don't know. no. He's you a, know the rules of this show: WBA interim, WBA regular, or whatever the bloody crap yeah. is, right? 
That's not a world title. No, it isn't. Neither is the IBO. That's where we're at at this moment in time, my friend. So let's start, get off that rhetoric. Let's keep with that rhetoric, okay? Yep. He's not a world champion. However, he has one. He has a strap round his waist. You told me the WBA were going to stop doing this. Why have they done it again? Because I thought they were trying to get rid of all these belts. Well, someone's getting paid, mate. Someone's getting weighed in. It's like me doing them shitty voiceovers on Saturday nights, isn't it? You've got to fucking pay your kids, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to, you've got to feed them in. Absolutely. Anyway, you would anticipate that there's a, there's a chance that uh, Matisse and Keith Thurman seems that Keith Thurman's the super champion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's some because Keith Thurman, Keith, Keith Thurman this week, which, yeah. which baffled me, he's been interviewed on TV talking about Errol Spence Jr. And he's like going, yeah, you won't get that in 2018. You'll get that in 2019. And you think to yourself, what the... F- there's no other fight for you. What are you doing? Yeah. Fight Errol Spence Jr. Why are you putting it off? Absolutely. That doesn't sound good to me, mate. No, unless he's obviously thinking unification fight with Terence Crawford's bigger for him once Crawford comes through against Jeff Horn. Um, but, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, you, you're dodging Errol Spence to fight Terence Crawford. I won't do that. It's like out of the frying pan and into the fire, isn't yeah. it? It's like, what are you talking about? So maybe he is thinking Matisse. Maybe he is thinking now Matisse has got the, the regular WBA belt. I'll fight him and put that one to bed. But it seems weird that WBA would bring the regular belt back out of the cupboard. Because this was a vacant title at the weekend, uh, only to put it back with the WBA super champion straight yeah. away. But um, uh, Listen, I-, I thought Matisse, it was nice for him to finally be, as you say, third, third, time, third time of asking. Uh, he finally gets the world title belt, as expected. He hasn't got a world title. Well, the WBA belt then. Uh, but Karam, as expected, that tie. <laughs> I was surprised how big he was. I've never seen a tie that big before. He's absolutely fucking massive. But he comes in with this big reputation as a massive puncher and this mm. 40-0 record or whatever he had going in, 38-0 record with so many 36 knockouts or whatever it was. And yet he gets in there and fights completely off the back foot, back foot and tries to pot shot his way to it. Mm. Uh, I thought he won rounds, don't get me wrong, but I just did not expect that at all. Mm. Expect him to be all guns blazing, obviously, because that's what his reputation kind of suggested. But um, in the end, it, you know, it proved that his reputation was was mere fluff. Um, and that, you know, once once Matisse got him in his sights, he gets him out of there. But did you see the bit at the end of round seven? At the start of round seven, where the referee jumped in and the, the tie corner were like, he had them on the poppers. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, was yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. And he's on the poppers. I was like, get to fuck. I love it. Uh, I love bent corners. It's just mad, man. It's just, yeah, I'd get a sniff of that. And then the, the, the doctor went, hey, hey, hey. And he, was, and he was like hiding it, trying to put it back in his bum bag. I was like, this is amazing. What's going on? But the fight continued. It was like, they didn't check what it was or anything. It's like, yeah, go on then, just crack on. Crack. Yeah. I was like, that could have been Charlie. Just pff, get that up your nose, son. Get out there. Kid comes out with wild eyes. <laughs> <laughs> ready, ready to go again. Unbelievable. Didn't work, though, because he got knocked out set into, uh, yeah. around afterwards. So. Yeah. Did you? Um, I had a little bit of a conversation with uh, Doug Fisher, who's now the uh, geezer in charge of Ring Magazine last week. Mm-hmm. Just getting an update on the, the Tyson Fury Ring Magazine belt situation. Yeah, he's got till Thursday to make a fight. As he, yeah. If he doesn't make a fight by Thursday, they'll strip him, which means it goes likely could go to AJ Parker. He said it's not going to happen. It's not going to go to AJ Parker. No, because Deontay is a WBC champ. Yeah, and what will happen is that because it's got to go to a panel to be voted on. Yeah, so. Normally, uh, you could do one versus three in that division, and that would be AJ versus Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for for some reason, they they believe that it, the winner of that will fight Deontay Wilder at some point this so year. They'd rather make it for that, so they're going to anger back and they're going to do it at, at the back end of the year. Right, but not good for Tyson Fury, man. Lose it. He's lost them all, then, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. it's very rare that you get stripped of uh, of the Ring oh, Magazine no. belt. You only. Uh, 
You only lose that really in the ring, but he's got to make a fight, man. Well, he's been active. He's been inactive for an awful long time, hasn't he? And you know, for all the love in the world, Tyson still looks some way off. He said he said today he'd lost six down now, but he still looks some way off fighting shape. Let's be honest. So, um, but MTK aren't daft. Frank's not daft. Don't be surprised if by Thursday morning this week they put it out that he's you know confirming mm. for the Frampton card or whatever mm. it may be. Even if that gets postponed, yeah. it just makes sense to announce something. Yeah, to keep that belt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you see um, the announcements of the fights uh, from Showtime schedule? Um, they've announced all their fights up until I think June or something like that, where Errol Spence Jr. is already going to be back out in his homecoming of Dallas. Keith Thurman's got a uh, a fight after his uh, uh, elbow operation. Uh, yeah. That's in May. Uh, but there's some absolute crackers on there. Obviously, there's some fights that we already knew about, like Wilder and Ortiz and various things like that on their schedule. But there's one that was in the chat for a long period of time. Then it was on, then it was off, then it was on, then it was off. Anyway, it was confirmed this week that it was definitely on. May 19th, um, Badu Jack taking on Adonis Stevenson. That's an absolute belt of that. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's in the same month that we're likely going to get Golovkin versus Canelo as well. May 2018. Could be the best. Could be like one of those cars. If Carlsberg made months for fight fans, that would be it. May 2018. Selby and Warrington's on the same day as that. So we've got, okay, let me run through it then. So May the 5th, we've got Bellu versus Hay 2. Yeah. Then in the early hours, we've got potentially Golovkin versus Canelo. Yeah. Following weekend on Friday, May the 11th, we've got the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Final. Yeah. Usk versus the winner of Breedis versus Gortzkas from this weekend. Following weekend, May the 19th, we've got Selby versus Warrington. Followed by in the early hours, Stevenson versus Badu Jack. Yeah, and then I would hazard a guess that the World Boxing Super Series, just like they have done with the semis, are going to look at the twenty sixth of May for the super middleweight final. So the winner of Smith, Bremer, Groves, Eubank Junior. on the twenty sixth could be four consecutive weekends, absolutely massive boxing action or world title action. As unbelievable, well. mm. unbelievable month. Out of that schedule, though, I looked down. I looked down that schedule, and there's some beautiful fights in there, of course. The Wilder Ortiz fight sticks out because it's heavyweight clash, and you'd think that the winner of that coming through would fight the winner of uh, AJ versus Parker at some point later on this year. But Stevenson Jack's the one that really jumps off the page to me. Yeah. Also, for the purists amongst us, uh, Erisande Lara against Jarrett Hurd. I kind of like that, yeah. even though Erisande Lara does bore me a little bit when I watch him fight. Jarrett Hurd is one of those come forward very high pressure fighters, which could bring out the best of Erisande Lara. So it could be a decent little knock that. Yeah, I think Lara can't afford to leave him in there too, you know, because Hurd can bang as well. So I think yeah, I think you're right. That could bring him out of his shell. If not, you know, expect a comfortable points win for Lara as usual. But hopefully Hurd can catch him and hurt him early, and then we'll have a fight on our hands. Mm. Um, in other news this week in the world of boxing, um, Michael Conlon, who I spoke to at the weekend, has been. Uh, um, addressing a new trainer. The story behind it is actually quite... Uh, quite. I kind of like the story behind it. Uh, for those that weren't listening at uh, the weekend, Michael Conlon is moving back to the UK and he's teamed up with Adam Booth. We'll get to that in a minute. He has uh, he's obviously been with uh, Manny Robles for uh, quite a, a, a short period of time, let's say, in his yeah, professional career. I think he's had five point. fights now, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, but he was based over in California. However, his uh, fiance is pregnant again, and therefore she uh, would like to be closer to home around a support network of uh, friends and family rather than being out um, in California by herself. Obviously, Michael's in the gym quite a lot, so he's mm-hmm. taken the... Uh, um, the decision of saying, listen, happy wife, happy life. If everything's at home's happy, I'm going to be happy. So let's get back uh, 
let's get back to the UK and we'll find it. We'll find a trainer over here. So that is the reason. There's nothing. There's no bad blood between him and Manny Robles or anything like that. He's just said, listen, this is the crack. I'm going back to the UK. I'll find myself a trainer out there and we'll go. We'll go for it. And to be fair, what a camp! What a camp! What a what trainer a to fight. I personally think, okay, there's more established gyms right yeah, yeah. in the UK, but for excitement, that's the most exciting gym. When you're talking about young, hungry prospects, I know there's a multiple-time world champion in the mix there as well, but he's still a relative young guy himself. Um, when you're talking about just young talent in that stable, it is frightening the amount of talent that's in there. And you know, Adam Booth. Out, definitely one of the best coaches in the country, so I'm not surprised he's put it together. And he really does have his own philosophy as well. But he's just surrounded by these minions now who are just like little killers, aren't they? And from what you can see on social media, we'll have to get down that gym, Adam, actually, but what you can see on social media, they look like they'll have a good crack in there as well, you know? They're all kind of on the same wavelength. It looks like it's a happy little gym in there too. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see Conlon under Booth. Yeah, just to see that next dynamic as well in his growth. Because I'm a big fan of, of Booth styles of fighting. Absolutely, 100%. And Twi- it's massively twitchy, successful as well. Very twitchy fighters. Loads of feints in there, but power in both hands as well. And combination punching, powerful combination punches, all with absolutely outstanding footwork. And he teaches great jab as well. He doesn't let rest on the fundamentals. Outstanding coach. And, you know, three or four years' time, that gym could be home to four or five world champions multiple unbelievable yeah 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 unbelievable uh, speaking of uh, world champions multiple weight world champions men that have cleaned up Andre Ward's been having a wee bit of a gas this week hasn't he um, men the wee social media insinuating that he fancies another uh, piece of the pie uh, telling the, his fans and the and the world that he's currently weighing in at 199 pounds but it's all muscle and all power and uh, that kind of insinuates that he's uh He's uh, rolling back the uh, Roy Jones Jr. vibe. And maybe, uh, speaking of which, it's his uh, retirement fight this week, Roy Jones Jr. Oh, I know. Don't even start on that. No. Um, but do you want to see Andre Ward back? Do I want to see Andre Ward come back? Of course I do. Do I'd you? I'd love to see Andre Ward come do back. Do you? Why? Because he's brilliant. Yeah, but why? Because... Because it t- do you not think it taints his legacy? No, He's, d- he's done what he's needed not. to do. Yeah, but he's a, he's a young guy. And I just think there's still massive fights out there for him. And I think talent-wise... At heavyweight? No, maybe not a heavyweight. I don't think that's he's what he's insinuating. But talent-wise, he's certainly got the talent there. And you know what? He's it's hard to it's hard to place Andre Ward in terms of all-time greats, even even just in his own weight class, purely because we didn't really see that he hasn't had that many fights. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we've seen that much of him. Yeah, I'd like to see a bit more of him. And I just think that's why it surprised me when he said he was he was retiring. Because I was like. You've, you've just had the two big wins over Kovalev. You've and, arrived now. And he had those massive promotional difficulties, didn't he, where he was out of the ring for well, two years. Well, that's what I mean. That stalled him for and he'd so only, long. And he only just come back. Exactly. He did Kovalev. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. But then was like, okay, I'm gone now. It's like, well, wait a minute. You know, you, you, I think his legacy has got more... There's more chapters to go in his legacy. It felt like it was a... He'd, he'd finished earlier. It doesn't surprise me. And at the time, he was saying, brilliant, go out on top. Few get to do it. Maximum respect. But he's got that massive deal with Jordan as well, you know, which few boxes. I think there's only him and Triple G that have got that Jordan deal, which is massive in terms of sportswear as a brand. I just think there's there's more stories to tell there, and there's a heavyweight division with, yeah, there's some big guys around, but there's also some opportunities up there as well. Or he comes back and fights the winner of this Cruiserweight tournament, which would be absolutely massive for him. Massive for the, you know, because whoever comes out of this Cruiserweight tournament is going to be a superstar. 
I'm going to have all the belts. You're telling me Andre Ward waiting for them doesn't make sense. Of course it does. And it could cement his legacy. You might be looking at Usyk and Gassiev and the likes of them going, you know what? Take them to school, me, son. I'm going to come back, beat the winner of that, and then ride back off into the sunset. Can you imagine? You've it wouldn't got... surprise me. Do you know something? You've sold it. <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't in. Now I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's having just... back. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty special, that, would it? Yeah. Talent-wise, he's, he's certainly got the talent to do it. Absolutely got it's the whether, talent to do it. It's whether he has, uh, he, he's got up to that weight correctly mm-hmm. rather than just got up to that weight like I get up there by eating donuts. Yeah, absolutely. But then that might be the time off. Take the pressure off by saying I'm actually retiring. But you go away and you work. Because he doesn't look like he's retired to me. If you follow his social media, he's never out of the gym still. Mm. So there's obviously still something going on with him. Mm. And that could be his goal. Speaking of cruiserweights, shall we head towards uh, our Brit- the British version of uh, of the cruiserweight division? Well, let's, let's tick off Gassiev and then we can get excited about our old British show, I think. Because we're talking about World Boxing Super Series. Let's let's call let's call Gassiev daughter, because what do you think? Gassiev wins. Knockout? What are these two guys? 20, I think Dorticus, 22 and 0. 21 knockouts. Dorticus's knockout ratio is a joke. Gassiev, 18 knockouts and 25 straight wins. I think Gassiev outboxes him. Do you think? Yeah. I think he outboxes him and beats him over 12 rounds. A Cuban? He's going to outbox the Cuban? Yeah. Over 12 rounds? Yeah. All right. Big shout. Big shout. I, I think... Uh, I think Dorticus has got scary power. Obviously, 22 knockouts and 22 wins. Do you think, think he's going to clip him? I think he could clip Gassiev early. But, that said, I think Gassiev could climb off the floor to win. I think that's what You're I'm going You're going in for. again, aren't you, with these crazy... He's coming. He's going to come from behind and win. That <laughs> Tick, tick, tick. People are now going to be rushing for the bookies. That's what they'll be doing. <laughs> so they should. What's Nick saying? Right, he's getting off the deck in the third <laughs> with a left uppercut. <laughs> Go on, what are you saying? I'm saying Gassiev's going to get off the floor. He's going to hang on to the round. He's going to come back and he's going to he's going to get the win. Uh, I think he'll win on points, but I think he'll he'll get off the floor to win. Yeah, but uh, again, you know, combined forty seven straight wins. Yeah, and thirty. You know, well, between all four of the semi-finals, I think it's something like eighty eight or something like absolutely that. Absolutely insane, isn't it? You know, if if last last weekend was number one and number two in the world at cruiserweight, this weekend's number three and number four at cruiserweight. Um, I think Gasayev, obviously, tra- similar to last weekend, Usyk trains with Lomachenko, that whole Ukrainian factory of super talents. This weekend we get Gasayev trains with Triple G out in Big Bear, the Russian conveyor belt belt of talent. Fuck me, it's exciting. Mm. It's exciting stuff. So I'll go. I'll go. Gassiev points, but you're going Gassiev points via off the, the deck, off the floor. Yeah, there That's you go. What I'm going for there yeah. you go. All right then. Uh, let's turn our attention towards the O2 Arena because I've got some great fights this weekend. It's oh. good, it's good now that we're getting fights. For the first part of this year, we've just been talking about fights being made, and then obviously Errol Spence comes back, gets us all excited. Then we've had a little bit of action at the weekend with a fantastic World Boxing Super Series with Usyk and Bredis, who put on a wonderful performance for us. And now it's coming thick and fast. Uh, Auto Arena uh, this weekend. Of our own cruiserweights. Okay, these lads aren't world level yet. Uh, but regarding a domestic dust-up, this is right up there. And I've got to take my hat off to the pair of them because they yep. don't necessarily need to do this. I'm sure the promoters might have had a word in their ear and maybe... Said, listen, lads, if you, I don't know, if you if you hang off a year or two years, we'll get you in a situation and then you can come back round 
and and fight when there's something on the line. But no, both of them have gone, do you know something? Let's just see who the cock of the street is. Let's have it. Let's just have it. Let's get this on. And I'll tell you something, the more attention I pay to this and the more attention I pay to the social media side of it and the trolling of each other on it, the more I start to like Isaac Chamberlain and the more I think to myself, you're a clever little fucker, you, mate. I kind of I kind of am siding with Isaac Chamberlain on this fight. I didn't think I'd say that because when we interviewed Lawrence O'Coley about four weeks ago, I proper fell for his personality. He's a funny dude, bags of personality, good little fighter as well. Great, great fighter. But the boat, but Lawrence, professionally, and even amateur as well, because let's be honest, he's only just shot to fame, hasn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, his story is well... Um, well, well, depicted with uh, him falling in love with boxing after after watching Anthony Joshua, yeah, uh, and that's when he went to uh, went to the, the gym off the back of the 2012 Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so experience wise, it, he's not all there at this moment in time, and I think this might be coming a little bit too quick for him. I think Isaac Chamberlain professionally is a little bit more rounded, a little bit more street savvy. He's had the rounds. He's been around a little bit longer. I think this is his coming of age fight, Isaac Chamberlain at the weekend. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, I think Isaac Chamberlain as well. He's a bit of a sleeping talent, um, and you know, I respect I respect loads his uncle Ted Barmy. I followed his entire career. Was at many Ted Barmy fights. Former European champion himself. So um, they're not daft. You know, it's a fighting family. Like they they've chosen this opponent because they believe. Fight Lawrence Coley now, because in two or three years' time, Lawrence Coley may be may may grow into the talent that is that is there. You know, he looks like he's going to be a hot prospect and a mm. potential world champion. But right now, it's he's just a prospect. That's all you know. And I think Isaac Chamberlain getting him now while he's one step ahead of him. But also, he's done it right. You know, he's he's gone out to Ukraine. He's sparred Alexander Usk, the best cruiserweight in the world. Um, and apparently done well out there, you know. He was kept on as a sparring partner, which means he's he's performed admirably, and they've kept him in the camp. He says he was learning with Lomachenko. He was doing all kinds out there, and it's given him that sense of belief. And he heads into the O2 Arena this weekend, genuinely thinking, "Well, I've just been hanging with the best cruiserweight in the world, so of course I can defeat Lawrence Sokoli." And he's got this confident mindset. You know, he's living with his uncle, so his uncle's in his ear every day, programming him getting him ready to beat a Coley. Now, I haven't spoke to Lawrence enough to know how his camp has gone, mm. but fuck me, if he's not switched on 100%, he's going to be in for a big shot this weekend. And I, I put something on social media last week as well where I basically said, this is flames, this fight. And for some, for one of these guys, it's going to get real serious real quick because I think if one of them underestimates the other, they're in serious trouble. And right now, it just feels like a Coley's taking it in a stride. Oh, it's just another fight. He's got a mouth, whatever. He's never never fought me. I've been to the Olympics. And that's a dangerous place to be because if you take anyone for granted, especially someone as focused as Isaac Chamberlain, you're going to get unstuck. Mm. I think it's going to be flames. It's definitely not going to go the full uh, 10 or 12 rounds. It's WBA. There's a WBA bauble of some kind. There's some Nobody bullshit, cares. There's Nobody some cares. bullshit on it. Not Let, let's be honest. It's cock of the street. It's cock of the street. It's who's the best cruiserweight in London. That's what it is. Let's be honest. Who's, who's London's best cruiserweight? That's what's on the line. And I think at the weekend, I think both of them are going to have to show balls. Mm. But one of them is getting stretched out. There's um, there's some decent fights on this card, to be fair. For uh, for. For for a card that kicks us it's off, great card. Um, we are uh, with our viewing pleasure in 2018. There's some fantastic fights on there. I mean, Paul Butler's on the card. Uh, Boats is on the card. My prospect of the year, Reese uh, Bellotti's on the card as well. Who's going to be knocking kids out for fun? Very heavy-handed, but there's a cracking fight. If you don't know who Ted Cheeseman is, 
you'll definitely know who he is at the weekend because he's taking on Carson Jones. You'll remember, you'll remember Carson Jones uh, from years gone by. He's uh, He's been over here in the UK on uh, on many occasions. Now, don't get me wrong. He's at the uh, the back end of his career, is Carson Jones. Yeah. But this is a, a, a good enough name for Ted Cheeseman to have one of those I've arrived type nights. You know yeah. what I mean? He's been one of those that's just been bubbling under at the matchroom gym down in uh, Brentwood in Essex. Just been bubbling under. He's been putting in some nice little performances at the York Hall. This is his coming out night for me. I think he's uh, co-main, isn't he? I think he's the, uh, uh, the one down from the, from the main event. It's a yeah. great opportunity for him to come out and show what he's all about because there's a lot of noise about this kid on the, uh, on the, on the under realms of the world of boxing. Yeah, there is, yeah, and he's, he's got a massive reputation. I'm a little bit disappointed. I wanted to see the fight with JJ Metcalf for the British title, which was originally made by the board. Uh, but obviously, you know, Matchroom have got different ideas for Cheeseman. They want to take him in a different direction. Listen, don't don't be pulled in by Carson Jones's losses on his record either, because this kid, you know, yeah, he's a veteran. Yes, he's in the tail end of his career. But you know what he's enjoying doing at the moment? Upsetting young prospects. And he does it in the UK regularly, you know, he was over here, everyone remember he sparked Brian Rose in a single round, mm. yes I know they had the rematch and he and he lost the rematch but he, he knocked him out in the first round and then only last year he came over and fought Ben Hall at Wembley and got a, you know, Cole's corner to pull him out after six rounds so Carson Jones is a live opponent, I believe Cheeseman is the real deal, uh, I, I think Cheeseman's a really hot prospect but just be careful what you're trying to, what you know, how big a bite you're going to take at this stage in your career? Because if Carson Jones turns up fully switched on, it could be a rude awakening for Cheeseman because it could be a massive, massive step up in class. But hopefully, you know, Neil Never mind match, Hopefully, but you know, they made the right. Hopefully, for Ted Cheeseman, yeah. they've made the right fight at the right time. I think they have. I think Cheeseman will do a job on him this weekend. I think yeah. people at the end of it will be going, "Fucking hell, he's 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 pretty special." And I might even be looking at it going. We should have gone for him as prospect of the year this year. Absolutely. Well, you you chose the current Commonwealth champion, but I'll say, <laughs> I'll say no more. I'll say no more. Listen, you're going to be impressed by Reese Bellotti at the weekend. Absolutely. I expect Reese Bellotti to do to do a, a real number. Funny enough, same opponent that Ben Jones. I, I expect Reese Bellotti to do a number. I really like the kid. Paul go. Butler's also on the card this weekend. We're going to have Paul Butler on our Radio City talk show, which will be available for download tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to have him in studio chatting about that. Obviously, it's a, a warm-up before as well, title fight. Find out where his mind's at. And also on this card as well, um, I'm a massive fan of Joshua Buatzi, so I'm really looking forward to him, seeing him on Saturday night. And Charlie Edwards, it'd be nice to see him do some fighting rather than calling people out on social media which he seems to do relentlessly. Mm. How nice is it to actually have, um, I know that we got the World Boxing Super Series at the weekend, but how nice is it to have some fights at a reasonable time where you're not <laughs> yeah. staying up till the all British hours of the morning. boxing is back, baby. That's it, absolutely. O2 Arena this weekend should be an absolute cracker. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure being in your company. Don't forget, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. You can also get us on all social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. There's a UFC show available for you to download as well. And as Nick said, Paul Butler will be on the Radio City Talk Show this week, uh, which will be available uh, to download via that feed on iTunes and via our website, fightdisciples.com. Make sure you subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.